jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey! Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. The Batmobile lost the wheel, and the Joker got away. Welcome to Geek Fallout, a news podcast for geeks by geeks. Where our hosts talk news headlines, comics, tech, and have in-depth discussions on all things geek. Keep calm and venture into the wasteland. Well, hello, fellow podcast listener, and welcome to Geek Fallout Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. I'm your host this week. My name is Chris Lockhart, and uh, joining me is my co-host in crime, Mr. Kevin Deese. And how's it going, Kevin? Uh, it's going all right, Chris. Um, I'm hoping your uh, weather and everything's better too. Uh, it it's cold. It's um like up here up here in uh, Northwest Canada. Uh, we're shooting at the boat. Oh, I'm looking at my thing right here. Oh, I, my temperature's not showing up on the computer, but it was at like minus twenty. Um, no, but weren't, weren't you having uh, power issues or storm issues or something the other night there? Uh, well, no. Friday night, it was just snowing a lot. Like, we got a lot oh. of snow on Friday. So it, it just seemed like the internet was, was uh, not the best. Um, and we lost our satellite signal and all that kind of stuff. So, um, But now it's it's cold. It snowed a little bit yesterday. It didn't snow today, thankfully. Um, but yeah, Friday night we got a walloping, like I had to, had to go over yesterday morning and shovel out my mom cause she was like stuck. Um, but what, but you guys, uh, got quite a bit of snow there last week as well, didn't you? Not, not where I am though. Oh, really? Um, we left nice. out because, uh, yeah, my, my work, uh, closed up. <clears throat> Yeah, for the day, like the, the night before, they called up and said we're going to be closed because we're worried about the storm. Yep. And I woke up and school wasn't canceled, so I thought, well, that's weird. I look outside and it was like just slush. Huh. The areas around us for the Friday and Saturday were up to like twelve inches, though. Wow. But we had we had a bunch of slush, which you know, like I went out and cleared because I'm like, okay, is it going to get you know slushier and wet and just trickle off or is it going to harden into ice chunks you know, yeah either way i should clear it yeah and then we got you know maybe two inches if that oh, afterwards okay. oh so that's not I, too bad. I consider it it's lucky yeah so now there's a there might be a storm like around christmas eve christmas day whatever um but right now they're not sure if it's going to hit us or below i'm it's looking below right now but you know, I don't want to say that out loud necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, we got we got quite a bit of snow here. Like I said, it, and it's cooler. Um, and it's supposed to stay cold, I think, until Christmas, and then it's supposed to warm up a little bit. Um. But yeah. Uh. So anyway, for this episode of Geek Fallout, we, it's we're splitting it into two. We got a regular Geek Fallout episode, which will be at the start of this podcast. Then we'll end with our uh, Kevin and I's uh, 2022 uh, comic book year in review, because uh, we're the comic book guys, and, and we wanted to talk about, um, you know, some of the best and worst of uh, 2022 in our opinion about comic books. Um, and also, uh, you know, because, you know, there's the big elephant in the room, 
and that is Avatar 2. Um, we will, like, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna discuss it a little bit, um, during Brain Candy. Non-spoilers, there'll be no spoilers, because I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Um, but our spoiler discussion will be probably, uh, in one of our first episodes of 2023. Because, I, you know, I, I, you know, like, we talked about, uh, maybe, you know, giving a spoiler review tonight. Uh, but I, I kind of want to let, uh, the listeners watch it first and uh our other fellow podcasters i'd like to have um everyone in on the discussion uh, because I, I i think uh, i think it would be a good discussion to have and i i also know like at the theater that i watched it at like i went and saw it like friday morning like 9 50 in the morning and it was awesome there's only like 10 of us in the theater it was great um but i'm told that the theater that I seen it in is now like sold out for the week, uh, for, for people going to see Avatar. Uh, so, I was, so, you know, some people might not be able to get to see it right away just cause I guess it's, it's doing so well. But that being said, let us move on to the beginning of the, of Geek Follow. And unfortunately, you know, as is, uh, what's been happening this year, um, we're starting with our In Memoriam segment, and there's a bunch of people that passed away since we recorded our last episode of Geek Fallout Reloaded. Uh, so first up, I have, uh, Brad William Hankey. Uh, he, he was a guest actor. He was on, uh, shows like Orange is the New Black. He was on Lost the last couple seasons, and he was on Justified. He's one of those guest actors that you kind of see in a lot of things, but you don't really know his name. Um, and he passed away, and he was only 56. I'm not exactly sure what he passed away from. but um, Next up, we have Al Strobel. Uh, he is probably best known as the one-armed man from Twin Peaks. Um, he passed away December 2nd at the age of 83. Uh, now, the, now, this one, I, I'm sure everybody uh, will know this this individual. Bob McGrath. Uh, he's one of the original cast members of Sesame Street. Um, he passed away at the age of 90 on December 4th. Um, like at, I think he was on... Oh, I forget how many seasons, like over 40 seasons of, of Sesame Street. I remember him, of course, as a kid watching him and, you know, um, but yeah, unfortunately he, uh, passed away. Uh, the next one is a big one. Um, and this was shocking to me and that's Kirstie Alley. Uh, the actress, uh, best known, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, general, uh, pop culture audiences being Rebecca Chambers on the sitcom Cheers. Um, she was also in the Look Who's Talking movie franchise, but I know her best. Probably the first thing I remember her from was, uh, playing the original Lieutenant Savick on Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Uh, she died, uh, Monday, December 5th of cancer. She was 71 years old. Um, 
so uh, TV judge and boxing referee Mills Lane passed away December 6th at the age of 85. And the last one on my list is Stephen Twitch Boss, the DJ from The Ellen Show, passed away December 14th, unfortunately, from suicide. He was 40 years old. Uh, Kev, did you have any uh, thoughts or insights on any of the the people in in memoriam? Um, so my my own ignorance there. I've never watched an episode of Ellen, so I I was completely unaware of him. Yeah, I and, like, uh, my my wife watch used to watch Ellen every once in a while, but I, I I didn't know him by name. But yeah, like as soon as I seen it, my my wife knew who he was, and and I I remember him you know dancing and stuff on on the you know few episodes I'd catch you know while I'm sitting there while my wife was watching it, but, but sorry, Kev, go ahead. No, no. And I, I felt bad. I, cause, uh, I saw the headline it was uh Twitch died. And I'm, I honestly thought it was the gaming platform, mm. you know, and I, I yep. felt bad and then I just felt ignorant about it. And I'm like, you know, this is just for, for a lot of people that, you know, watch the, the daytime talk shows and stuff. This, means a lot and they are not going to be affected like I would for you know a comic death or a wrestling death or whatever you know this this is their thing so I you know I didn't it wasn't a joke but I, I felt that wasn't worth like posting online or whatever yeah. you know because I wasn't trying to mock it or anything yeah um let's see uh like Mills Lane I remember you know when god what was it Mike Tyson about he was refereeing or whatever? Yes, he he refed the one where Mike Tyson bit um, what's his name's ear. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, Holyfield. Yes, yeah, so then yeah. he got his TV show for a while. They used yep. him for a celebrity death match claymation. Yep. Yeah, inspired by yeah. I mean, I I remember him as just a you know he became. You know, he was around for a while, but that one fight pushed him over into superstardom there for a few years. Yeah. Um, Kirstie Alley, I, I enjoyed her on Cheers. I actually, I mean, I haven't watched an episode in probably 20, 30 years, but, mm -hmm. you know, I remember Veronica's Closet wasn't, you know, oh, I didn't yeah. think it was horrible, but maybe yeah. it was <laughs> looking back. You know, the Look Who's Talking movies are actually horrible <laughs> looking back. But I oh, yeah. When I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I mean, unfortunately, recent years, she just, you know, seemed to be on the Scientology kick and got louder and louder, and I didn't want to hear her for oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I, I wasn't it, aware that she, she was in there, but I guess if she's friends with Travolta, I guess, maybe. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, And then uh, Bob, Bob from Sesame Street, like, my mm -hmm. mom probably messaged me immediately as soon as that made the news. Yeah. Um, you know, certain ones like that from my childhood, especially ones that she remembers too. You know, she'll message right away. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, any, you know, in these Sesame Street ones, so many of them seem to last for years and years and years and just enjoy that job and that world and feeling like they're helping to make the world a better place for it too. Mm -hmm. And, and to see, you know, on our Facebook posts and, the other social media see really generations of oh my god I watched him yeah like uh, what a what a perfect job what a great thing to leave behind for the world you know yep absolutely like, I, I I hope I hope he never 
sat there and went home and went, ah, oh, geez, am I doing the right thing with my job and my life and my career? Like, I hope he knew good that he was bringing in the world from being part of that show. Oh, I'm, I'm sure he did. Like, you know, like, I, I think one of the reasons why, um, you know, like a lot of that original cast endured for so many years is because they actually loved their job. Um, and, and I know he did, like, um, he was, uh, there's a, like a, like a children's telethon or something that used to take place, uh, in, uh, Ragnar's home province of Saskatchewan every year, um, for years. And he actually used to host it. I, and I didn't, I didn't realize this until I saw they, them talking about it on the news that, you know, even though he's not Canadian, he, you know, he would come up here and ho host this uh, kids telethon for like years and years and years. And, um, you know, he, it was a big, you know, big, uh, thing for, for that province, right. To have him come up and, and do that. And that, you know, was just, uh, you know, a, a, a tribute to, you know, his love of, of, uh, kids and, and wanting to help, help kids, you know, whether, you know, be on Sesame street or, or hosting a telethon. Um, but yeah, he seemed like a really stand up guy. Like he's one of those guys I wish I had had the chance to meet at some point in my life. But, you know, I guess, you know, he lives on through, through his work, like, you know, you know, kids will be watching, you know, the things that he helped create, you know, for years to come. So, you know, it's quite, quite a great legacy he leaves behind. Yeah, that doesn't seem like there's. I mean, I mean, maybe there is, and I haven't done enough looking. But um, you know, other actors, musicians, whatever, pass, and all of a sudden, you know, there's there's all these interviews and pieces and everything comes out. But someone like him, you know, I, I'd be curious if you know he ever did like a, I don't know, you know, like an actual sit down acting interview. They're like, well, you're on a kid show, and he's like. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, I'd be curious his answers. Yeah, I'm on a kid show, but it's the best acting job I've ever had in my life. It's the best work I've ever had in my life. And, you know, I'm working with children, working with puppets. Like, I'm acting harder, quote, you know, mm -hmm. than I would against, you know, another human my age. Or, you know, yep. I, I would just be interested in, in their thought and process for it. Oh, absolutely. I, and I imagine there is, like, I, like, I know, um, when I seen that news, uh, segment, he was being interviewed by somebody for that, you know, that few, you know, a few little clips they showed. Um, so I imagine it's out there, like if, you know, maybe even on YouTube, I'm not sure, but, but yeah, definitely worth checking out. Um, but yeah, uh, did you have any, anyone else you wanted to add to the list that I may have missed? It just seems more not not that I can think of now. Yeah, it's just oh man, it was just like it seemed. Yeah, for how many straight days there it was like as adding to the list. I was like oh man, but you know, and and you know, we've been saying it all year. You know, like this is twenty twenty two. Come on, you know, this is terrible. But to be honest with you, like we're getting older, people are passing away, and we're just more aware of it now. I think you know, due to social media and the internet, um, you know, like for, for example, um, you know, 
like some of the like Twitch, for example, like I might not have known because like, yeah, I wasn't a regular viewer of the Ellen show 20 years ago. Um, you know, it would have been like a, you know, something in the newspaper, a quick blurb on the TV, and that would have been it. And, um, you know, and if you're not reading the paper that day or watching the news that day or Entertainment Tonight or whatever, you know, it, it would be easy to miss and not realize that that person actually passed away. So I don't think people are passing away more. Um, it's just we're more aware of it than we used to due to, you know, our connectivity to each other. Um, but at the same time, you know, 2022, you know, we, we could, we've had enough. Like, just, you know, I know Bob Barker just turned 99. Please let him hit 100. Come on. Because, um, yeah, when I was seeing Bob Barker showing up the other day, I'm like, oh, no, don't tell me. And then, uh, no, it was just his birthday. It was like, phew. Yeah. <sighs> But anywho, uh, let us move on to our news segment. Um, so, uh, Kev, I, I, have you seen the, the Indiana Jones trailer? I did, and I'm just, I'm, I'm still unsure. Yes. It. So w- what I've um, heard is Kathleen Kennedy and What's Disney... Maybe, you know, some people are thinking that they may be rewriting Indiana Jones mythology and then inserting a powerful female to replace him. Because um, apparently, there, you know, uh, there was a montage that was shown at like D23 or something to like a, you know, group of people. Um, and in it, uh, I can't remember the actress's name, but the actress that's in the movie with him, um, she's in the Marvelous Maisel or Ma- that uh, Amazon series. I can't remember what it's called. But anyway, she's the actress that's in the trailer with Indy. You know, he says that he's his, uh, her godfather. Um, supposedly in this montage clip that they showed at D23, um, you know, when, when you see... Uh, Indiana Jones, like in the original Raiders of the Lost Ark, when Indiana, Indiana Jones is running from the boulder, they've inserted her into that scene, and she's the one running from the boulder. And then from Temple of Doom, when she's, uh, or when Indiana Jones is on the bridge and he's going to use the sword to cut it, you know, when uh, he's trying to get Malaram and all his guys, um, apparently she's on the bridge now, gonna, and she's going to cut the bridge. Um, and I'm not sure what other scenes were replaced from the other movies. Um, but supposedly the rumor is that there's time travel involved and that a young Indiana Jones will be killed and the older Indiana Jones will cease to exist. So she has to go and basically fill in for him for all these, you know, things that he did. Um, so that's the rumor. I like to think that that's not what, what happened, what's happening, but apparently there are reshoots happening according to John Williams, um, because he is doing the music for 
this movie and he has to go back in and redo some of the music because of some of the reshoots that have taken place. So I, I just, uh, I just hope this is that they're not planning on doing this. Um, you know, wiping out Indiana Jones, um, and inserting, you know, this new character in, um, but Kathleen Kennedy has a history of doing this, you know, like she kind of neutered, helped neuter uh, Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. And yeah, she, she killed off Han Solo, you know, she had a hand in killing off Han Solo in, uh, in The Force Awakens. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, but Kev, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Wasn't there a thing a little while ago that, um, I think it was on Big Bang Theory, actually, that Indiana Jones doesn't actually do, like, the entire plot of Raiders of the Ark would still happen the same way without Indiana Jones? Yes, that is true. So what would what would the point of any time travel be, then? Well, the thing is, and I, and I have seen that that episode of Big Bang Theory, the problem with that logic is, it was Indy that found the Ark. So if he hadn't found the Ark, the Nazis wouldn't have found it. So I guess nothing would have happened, and the Ark would have stayed hidden, and everything would have been okay. But if the Nazis had figured it out anyway, without Indy, and then they would have taken that Ark to that island, they would have all been killed anyway. But it was Indy that obviously got the Ark off the island. Like, he's the one that prob you know, probably went you know, back to their headquarters or whatever and, you know, on the island and, and radioed, you know, the Americans to come and save them or come in and, and, and get them. So, I don't know. It, it's one of those, yeah, like I kind of see what where they were coming from with that thought, but there there is some flaws to it. So, I don't know. I just hope I just hope this is all a big rumor. I'm just hoping that you know because you do see a young Indy in the trailer. I'm hoping it's just a flashback to you know uh, Maz Nicholson's character. Um, you know that they had an encounter in the past during the war, and 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 that's it. Like I I really hope, <coughs> fingers crossed, that there's no time travel with this movie. Anywho, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to throw in there about Indiana Jones, Kev? You're skeptical? I'm very skeptical. I'm going to wait until I see it, but I'm also not going to be in a rush to see it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm probably going to see it opening weekend because I, I love Indy. Raiders of the Lost Ark is like one of my favorite movies. And I love that franchise, even though I didn't like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull as much, but it was mostly Shia LaBeouf is the reason why I didn't like it. Um, I actually didn't mind the whole alien thing. Like it, it, that didn't really bother me given where it was set, you know, during the fifties, you know, like that was like the, the movies of the time, right? Like there's a lot of, you know, aliens and it came from outer space, all that kind of stuff. I was okay with that. I just didn't like Child Booth. Even back then, even before we know what we know now about him, um, I didn't like him. 
I thought it was I thought it was a poor casting choice. I wish they would have went with, um, you know, like Ryan Gosling or, or something, someone like that. I think would have been excellent as a as Indiana Jones's son. But anyway, I will I will go see it opening weekend. I'm sure, unless I'm working, then I'll probably see it. You know, the following week. Um. All right. So moving on. This is some comic book news, unfortunate comic book news, but uh, uh, one of my favorite comic book writers, Peter David, is in hospital uh, due to some mini-strokes. He had some mini-strokes, and then I think he had a heart attack. Um, And I know he was going in for some surgery last week, Um, so I'm not exactly sure how he's doing. There was a GoFundMe set up for his medical expenses, um, I think that's was taken down, but it might still be up. I'm not entirely sure. But last I heard, he's still, you know, seeking medical attention or getting some medical attention. Um, all right. So next up, um, well, oh, sorry, Cap, go ahead. No, um, no, you're fine. I'm just backing up to it because I mean that's one of the problems with the comic lifestyle not lifestyle career mm-hmm. is you know you're freelancing so you don't get your medical insurance and everything really unless you're paying in for it all the time yeah but you don't have like a marvel medical insurance or dc medical insurance or whatever and a lot of these artists get stuck in these situations unfortunately yeah which is crazy considering you know how long he's worked for marvel you know you think they would have you know, and I mean, really, what, what's, you know, a couple hundred grand for them, really, you know, to help out one of their, you know, top writers, one of their former top writers. But, I mean, he's still writing for them. But, yeah, that's just the nature of the beast, unfortunately. Um, all right, so, Kev, I got a question for you. Okay. Was Jennifer Lawrence really the first female action star? When she started in the Hunger Games, um, right, so I, I I missed the start of that. Like, where did she say it? Did yes, um, she, she did. Get misquoted. No, no, she she said it. Um, she did a variety interview, like one of them YouTube interview things, uh, where where stars interview each other, and it was Viola Davis um, interviewing her, and I, I don't, I didn't watch the whole interview. I just caught. You know, of course, the part that they repeat, um, that's Jennifer Lawrence saying that, you know, there was never any female action stars before the Hunger Games. And, you know, she felt, you know, like, um, you know, like that's her contribution to, I guess, film history, I, I guess, is what she was getting at. Um, so, yeah, she really put her foot in her mouth and, and she kind of has a history doing this. Um... So, anywho, um, yeah, I just, I just think she hasn't watched a lot of movies. And I think Viola Davis, like, Viola Davis should have been like, uh, actually, you know, Jen, you know, what about Sigourney Weaver? What about Carrie Fisher? What, you know, what about, um, all these other, other female stars that did action movies long before you, you know? 
And if she had said, oh, it's been a while since we've had one, uh, you know, maybe. Um, it's been a while since we've had a teenage one because, you know, the movie's for yeah. a certain age group. You know, like, there's there, there's quelf, there's adjectives and stuff that could have been added that maybe you could have been like, all right, I'll give it to you. Yeah. You know, like, I, I could probably find arguments, but I'll give it to you. But to just have a blanket statement like that, it's like, oh, geez, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, all right. Well, next up, James Gunn is rebooting the DCU. Uh, and from uh, Henry Cavill's statement that he, he put out on social media, uh, he's out. And apparently Ben Affleck's out. Um, so I guess, like, in the coming year, because there's still the Flash movie, there's still Aquaman 2, Shazam 2, which I did see... Uh, the the trailer for when I went to the Avatar movie, um, and then there is there's something else coming out I can't remember, um, but you know I guess in 2024 like that's when James Gunn's you know versions of of these characters are going to start rolling out, and apparently he's going to be introducing a younger. Superman, like almost like a Superboy type of thing, you know, for the next Superman movie. Um, I just, yeah, I just think it's, uh, you know, one, I, I guess Wonder Woman 3's been axed, and um, apparently she's going to be in the next Shazam movie, so I guess that'll be the last appearance of Gal Gadot. Um, I still haven't seen Black Adam, but apparently Henry Cavill's in Black, A- Black Adam as well. Um, so that might be his last appearance. Um, so I, I, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on this game? I think it's unfortunate that Henry Cavill is out because I, you know, like, I, like, I, I like as, as I said on social media, I was never a big fan of the DC EU, um, or the DCU or whatever you want to call it. The D, you know, the Snyderverse, um, but I did like Henry Cavill as Superman. I think he was a fine Superman. I just think the, unfortunately, the movies that were written for him were not that good. Um, and I think you know, if anything, you know, because I guess he's doing a Warhammer movie or something. Apparently, he's a big Warhammer fan, so uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people are excited about that. Uh, but I would love to see the, uh, Kevin Feige snag him up as Captain Britain. Because he is a British guy, he you know he does have a British accent. I'd love to see him as Captain Britain. But uh, Kev, what are your thoughts on the situation? No, you're right. He looks the part, but he hasn't been given any way to really showcase that. Mm-hmm. I have issues with all of those movies. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, serious issues with them. So I also wasn't upset to see any of these people go. And, you know, that this is the end of the, you know, that version of DC Universe. I'm like, all right, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, Rock as Black Adam. That was fine. Henry Cavill does have the right look. Yes, Yael Godot absolutely has the right look. Um, Aquaman, Jason Momoa, great for it. Um, Ezra Miller needs to just go away mm-hmm. and that flashpoint movie just feels doomed yep 
Um, and like Aquaman 2 and Shazam 2 and a couple others, they're so far along to cancel them would be stupid. Plus, it's not like James Gunn has something ready now. But I, I swear the deal is like, he said, oh, I'm with DC for next three years. I'm thinking, okay, so by the time, like, you start something now, get an option, get it written, get it filmed, put it out theater, that's three years. Mm-hmm. So, so then what? We give you three years, we see what you do, and if they like it, they keep you, and if not, you move on. But then how do you really set the course for a new franchise in three years, though? Yeah. You know, and then I can understand getting, like, uh, restarting your, your Superman and Batman, well, Batman maybe, who knows what's going on with that, mm. with the Robert Pattinson stuff and all, if he's going to tie that in or not. But I can understand, like, okay, I want to do Superman movies. I need someone locked in for 15 years. How old's Henry Cavill going to be in 15 years? Well, that's a pretty old Superman, so I guess let's me get someone younger now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, okay, yeah, the kid's, like, let's say 28 now, but I'm going to have him for all of his 30s. Yeah. And that's the perfect age for it. I'm like, yeah, all right, that would make sense. Um, there's rumor that... uh. Aquaman 2 is it, but they want to keep Jason Momoa around um, and have him be Lobo, which, yeah. Yeah. He absolutely could pull that one off. Yep. Um, There's a Blue Beetle one coming out next year uh, that's already filmed. Um, But I just... uh, DC wants to be Marvel without copying the... Like, they want to be Marvel, but they want to forge their own path. Mm-hmm. to get to the same result, and it's just not happening yet. Yeah. And James Gunn could, but it also, I think he's going to get weird with it. I, I think he's going to just put out, I want to tell this story, I want to tell this story, I want to tell this story, but I don't think it'll be consistent. He's yeah. posting a lot of stuff from Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come is not a throw it out in the theater in three years movie. Kingdom Come is like, you need certain ground rules established so then that movie matters at all. Yeah, like Kingdom Come should be what Infinity War and Endgame were. You know, like the yeah. the conclusion of, of like 20 plus movies. Yeah. And and not that it's like a timeline kind of the thing, because I mean, it's in yeah. a far-flung future. So, yeah. you know, if you do like a Superman 1 and 2 and then do Kingdom Come, you can still go back to modern time for Superman 3. Yep. But Kingdom Come needs... For it to be like, hey, here are the rules, and here's this new generation that's not following the rules. You need the rules established first. Yep. And it's, it's just not happening there. So I, I don't know. But there, there could be other stories you could do really well with. Um, you know, like, I, I, I think you could do Death of Superman as a first Superman movie at this point. I think you could do Doomsday. Yeah. Um, not not how I would pick it, but I think Superman's so established now you could do that story right out of the box. Yeah. Um, I think you also need like a better Lois Lane, too. I don't like what's her name, Amy Adams. Yeah. I'm not like her as Lois Lane. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan. You know, and who knows what they're doing with Robert Pattinson and Batman. So do you tie him in with Justice League later on? Yeah. I'm just very confused. And and I love what James Gunn's done. Honestly, Suicide Squad movies are great for DC. Guardians is great. Like, he can mm-hmm. do it. I have faith in him. 
I don't have faith in DC. Yeah. Or Warner Brothers, rather, I think. Yeah, like, because they'll definitely... I I predict what's going to happen is they're going to meddle, and he's going to not be here in three years. Exactly. He's going to, you know, if he doesn't quit before that. Which, you know, would not be good. But we'll see. Um... All right, well, my last bit of news that I have is uh, we had mentioned a few couple months ago about Anne Heche. Uh, she unfortunately passed away. Uh, she was in a car accident. And there there was um, people talking that um, she was impaired due to drugs. But according to CNN.com, uh, there were no active drugs found in her system at the time of her crash in August, according to the Los Angeles Los Angeles County Medical Examiner's Coroner Report. Um, so when we, we talked about it, you know, back in August or, you know, beginning of September, uh, that was like what people were assuming, but apparently, you know, she there was no drugs in her system, so maybe she had a medical episode. And, and you know, but who knows? Um, unfortunately, she's, she's no longer with us. Um... I know that happened. Something similar happened with my with my cousin. Um, she, you know, died in a car wreck, and they and they couldn't figure out why. Like she rolled her car, and there was no obvious reason for her to like veer off and roll her car into the ditch the way she did. And then they figured, well, like she was unfortunately she was so mangled that they couldn't. Um, I don't think they could do anything. Like, I think they tested her blood and there was nothing in it, so they didn't know what had happened. And then um, another family member close to her died, you know, like a year later from a brain aneurysm. So then now we're thinking, well, it runs in her family. You know, maybe she also had, you know, a brain aneurysm. So unfortunately, like, when, you, when you're dealing with car accidents... Um, you know, if there's anything obvious, you know, it's hard to say how you know what happened. Um, so I really feel for her family because, you know, at least at least they get the you know like relief that it wasn't you know she wasn't impaired you know but you know it must have, it must have been medical. Uh, Kevin, yeah. uh, go ahead. No, I mean like I, I'm I'm scared to sneeze in the car when I'm driving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just worried about anything taking place, but I, I swear, and hate, and it, you know, you're right, could be a medical episode, because I swear there was video, like she had crashed into something before she crashed into that home, and, and whoever was around was like recording her on their cell phone, and she seemed really out of it, but that could be anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, that could, could be having a stroke at the time, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't mean that she was on something. Could be some sort of medical episode happening, yep. but she she definitely was out of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and I mean that's just my own ignorance for stuff. But uh, you know, for the science of it, because I'm kind of like, all right, if you have something in your no, because she wasn't. I don't know. Yeah, it's it it's I I, I don't know if we'll, we'll ever know. You know, it's. Yeah, because I'm just like, okay, like, is every possible drug or whatever you could take, like... Tested for. 
Yeah. Yeah, and, and depending on what happens to the body, can it still show up at all? But that's just science I'm not aware of. Yeah. But anywho, uh, um, did you have anything, Kev, this week for uh, for news? Well, I, I, I want an outsider perspective here, Chris. Okay. Okay. So, um, WWE had to release someone this week. Um, so. Oh, I seen that. A female wrestler, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so apparently, uh, Tuesday before they're taping for NXT, which is like their minor league training ground thing. Yep. Um, someone gets word of, hey, our woman's champion uh, has not only fans, but something like that. You know, Ooh. she has a subscription site. Yeah. Okay. And it seems the policy has been like, hey, you want to post cute pictures of yourself on your Instagram, on your whatever, you know, get an audience, sell photos, sell t-shirts, mm-hmm. fine, whatever. We'll kind of look the other way. Yeah. As long as it doesn't cross a certain line. Mm, yeah, you know. So I mean, I'm, I'm thinking like, uh, God, I want to even say Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue because that can go pretty far sometimes. But you know, if a girl's like, oh, hey, you know, uh, for twenty bucks a month, here's my site, and I'm in a bikini on it, whatever. Yep. You know, they seem to kind of look the other way for it. But uh, apparently, backstage before the show, they're like, hey, she's probably gone too far. And the immediate reaction was, okay, we got to take the title off of her tonight and then figure this out tomorrow. Oh. But we're either, we're either sending her home, punishing her, or taking her off TV, like whatever. But either way, we got to get title off of her. Yeah. Which she had had like for a year. So they do that. The next morning comes out, she's released. So then her site starts coming out more and more. People are like, well, why was she released? She's just posting, you know, cute pictures of herself. Yeah. And she's pushing the line as far as she can. Yeah. Like, without being full-blown nude, it's, like, real close. Yeah. And real suggestive and all, too. And apparently she was told a few times, like, you got to tone it down, you got to tone it down. Okay, sure. And then she would for a while, and then she'd just do whatever she wanted again. Yeah. So part of me is, like, all right, if you're going to market someone as attractive and they go on their own to be attractive, you can't really be mad at them. You can't really fight with them about this. Yeah. All right, if she was going too far, well, what's the line? Who decides the line? You yeah. know, maybe that should just be like a punished, uh, you know, okay, we're going to take you off TV for a little while as like a financial punishment, and then we'll bring you back, and please don't do it. Yeah. But the very next day, she goes on all of her social media and is like, hey, thanks, guys. Uh, by the way, here's the link to the site, and I'm charging more than I was yesterday, too, because all of you want to see it now. So the current estimate is that she makes a half million dollars a year on this. What was her con- Do you know what her contract was for WWE? Don't know, because that's, mm. that's what I'm thinking. But everyone's saying she wasn't making a half million a year with WWE. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. If I could make a half million dollars a year, or if I could have to travel constantly, have my body get beat up, not, you know, go weeks at a time without being in my own home, mm-hmm. guess which one I'm going to pick? Yep. 
you know, so I'm, I'm certainly not playing there, but I, yep. it, it's been very, it's been very interesting where they're like, well, here's what you were contracted for, but here's what we agreed to. And if, you know, you're in the magazine because we set it up, then that's fine. But if you're doing it on your own, it's not like, it's, it's, it's interesting to see uh, a corporation trying to tread these waters. Yeah. Which, and no, I, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of companies do, right? Like, I mean, even just, you know, regular people, um, you know, yeah. in terms of social media and stuff, like there's certain things you just cannot say or do without your company, you know, pulling you into HR and being like, uh, you know, we're going to, we have to deal with this. Yeah. And, and it, it's <coughs> not even necessarily doing anything illegal either. No, no. If I went online and said certain horrible things, and someone at work got wind of it, they could pull me in and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. what you know? What the hell is all this that you're posting?" Yep. And and they'd be within their rights for. So yeah, it was it was just a huge thing for wrestling for a few days, and everyone's like, "Oh, it, you know, it's unfair. They shouldn't have done it." It's like they're a company that has a lot of subscribers and advertisers, and you know, a lot of other you know masters that they need to go along with here. Yep. And and if all of them are like, hey, the this, you know, we we can't have you having a title around this girl that can't put clothes on. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I understand it at least. <laughs> well, and I'm I'm just yeah, I'm wondering if it was like a negotiation tactic on her part, like why it started getting racier because you know free free attention, right? And, uh, well, that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if she's like, listen, I want to go home. I'm done yeah. getting my body beat up. I'm done doing this. I, I need a break. And all they want to allow it. And she's like, all right, screw it. Then I'll, I'll force your hand. Yep. I'll find a way to make this happen. Yep. Yeah, no. And that's the thing. Like a lot of people, I don't think fully appreciate just how, strenuous you know that life is you know uh you know like in terms of time you know like the fact that you're you know and traveling you're you know you're gone for you know whatever it is uh you know let like let's say 45 weeks out of you know the 52 weeks um you know plus you're getting beat up every night and 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 wrestling's hard you know like you know like People can say, well, it's fake, it's stage, and all. It's like, yeah, but the athleticism is real. You know, the, the, when people are lifting other people and throwing them, and, like, that's that's real. You know, like, that's not CGI. Yeah, and I'll tell people, I'm saying, you know, it's not, it's not like uh, they're all on wires here. It's not like seeing, uh, you know, a stage production of Peter Pan. Yeah. Yeah. Like, everyone's actually falling, crashing, and everything. It's... Uh, well, I, I, I've made the comparison before for like, you know, figure skating or something like, Hey, mm-hmm. we know what you're going to do. We're just seeing how well you're going to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. My cousin used to date a guy that, and I've told the story before that, um, he was in like the W it used, it was WWF back then. Uh, he was like in their training thing. This was like the early nineties. He never made it, but he said, because he actually, you know, wrestled, you know, in, you know, competitive wrestling. And he said, like, 
WWF is harder than real, you know, using air quotes, real wrestling, because you have to make it look real without it being real. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when you're when you're wrestling somebody for real, you know, like you may hurt them, you may, you know, and all this other stuff, uh, things happen. But in, you know, WWF, you know, or WWE now, you know, you're wrestling somebody, you you can't hurt them. Or at least you you know you got to do everything within your power not to hurt them because they they and you you know have to wrestle you know the next you know six out of seven days just to make a living like it, it, it yeah it, it's it's a tough life yeah so then if there's someone that wants out I don't know that I want to be in with them necessarily yep you know if you're looking for a way out I'm not hurting me in the ring is not your way out. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying this woman did or or anyone has, but you know, I'm just saying like Yeah. Yeah. I would I would be careful. And what's her name? <laughs> For your own research? Yes. <laughs> her name is Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose. Her, her wrestling name, yeah. She's not the one that got in trouble in Edmonton, is she? Like was that don't think I didn't. No one got in trouble in Edmonton. Oh, so there, there was so. one that got pulled over for speeding, and then she was like, she st- like basically was in her character as she's like giving the the cops like a hard time and stuff. Oh no! Um, but I was I can't remember. Uh, I forget who that was. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, that was uh, like yeah. I guess that was a few years ago now. Now that I think yeah. about it, yeah, man, pandemic. Um. But anywho, uh, did you have any other other news there, Kev, before we move on? No, I had James Gunn on my list, and you already brought up that one. Perfect. All right, well, let's move on to our uh, next segment, which is our brain candy segment. So this is the segment where we talk about things uh, that we're watching, listening, you know, whatever. And uh, we can make it a pick or a pan. Um, for me this week, uh, Rick and Morty just ended... Uh, their sixth season um, last Sunday, and um, yeah, I, I like. I don't know people. Some people kind of crap on Rick and Morty. You know, they say it, it hasn't been good the last few seasons. I think it's been fine. Like it's, um, you know, I, I think it's been consistently good. And this season was really good. I think uh, there's really only one episode where I was like, eh, didn't really find it that fun funny but uh it was all right but overall i think this was a really good season um the new season of yellowstone has just kicked off and then the new prequel series i think it's called 1923 just started at the time of of this recording like tonight that's the one with harrison ford and helen mirren and um oh i can't remember the guy's name the guy who played Braun on game of thrones he's in it too um it looks fantastic um, you know, it's, yeah, like I said, a prequel, the second prequel series to Yellowstone, because their first one was 1883, so this is now 1923, and then, yeah, the new season of Yellowstone is going and, and is, is good, so I'm really enjoying it. Um, and last but not least, uh, this is a non-spoiler review uh, it's not even a review. It's a non-spoiler for Avatar to the Way of Water. Um, okay, so as I've mentioned 
previously because we've talked about you know the upcoming movies and stuff and um avatar 2 came out and i was i i liked the first avatar movie i was not a super fan or anything i thought it was a fine movie um i only watched it a couple times i think i watched it once in the theater and then we bought the blu-ray and uh watched it at home and i know like my wife and my kids really loved it and they've watched it numerous times but you know it was just one of those movies i was like it's a good movie i moved on so when this movie came out uh one of my youtubers i follow uh got to go to uh the preview screening of it in new york and she just was raving about it she's like this is better than the first movie you know like i'm i'm not just someone who drank the kool-aid and you know i'm getting paid to to say this but i i genuinely you know if it wasn't good i would say but it is really good and so based on that i got tickets for my wife and i to go see it friday morning and yeah i think this is one of those instances when the sequel is actually better than the original um you know in the same way that t2 was better than the original terminator uh, in the same way that the empire strikes back in my and the, this is of course my opinion uh the empire strikes back is better than star wars um or a new hope as it's called now um or has been called for i guess for the last 30 years um but avatar 2 like i i was you know i didn't know what to expect it wasn't like i was like oh my god i gotta see this movie um i just you know figured you know i'd go check it out and yeah it it's it's great i i, I really like it um you know, when we do our 2023 year in review, this might be a contender for movie of the year for me. This this was a really good movie. Um, James Cameron did an excellent job. I think the you know like the CGI was amazing. Um, you know, I've heard people say it's like the most beautiful visual beautiful movie ever made. I would agree with that. I think it it looks fantastic. And, you know, the CGI is so good that you kind of forget that you're watching, you know, people, uh, in, what, what, whatever that's called, mocap mo or whatever. Um, you know, they're, like there's people, you know, wearing the suits, doing the CGI movements, and then they, you know, make the CGI characters. You kind of forget that. Like, it's so seamless that you actually you do kind of think you're watching aliens like it, it's so realistic and this movie especially that there is so few humans in this movie compared to the first movie uh there's way more uh navi in this in this movie than there was in the first movie and they look fantastic um it, it it's a long movie it's three hours I didn't make it. I had. I did have to run to the bathroom because I drank a, an extra large pop um, before the movie, so I couldn't hold it. Um, but I probably, I, I highly recommend this movie. Like I say, it's probably a contender for me for you know the best of 2022, and I'm probably going to see it again uh, at some point, uh, maybe on. You know, when, like definitely when it comes to my local, I'm gonna go see it. But um, I might go make another trip into the see it because the 3D is it, like again, 
I'm not usually a 3D person, but this movie, the 3D was pretty cool. It it, it was awesome. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I highly recommend Avatar 2. Better than the original, in my opinion. And that's all I got this week for Brain Candy. What do you got, Kev? Nah, see, I, I like <laughs> I remember seeing Avatar. I, I saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. I, I saw it in 3D, and that 3D was beautiful. That's some of the mm-hmm. best 3D I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Like I told people, I was looking behind me. Yeah. To see if stuff was behind me in the theater, like that's how good it was. Um, but then I never bought it. I never watched it again ever. And I agree with. You know, a lot of people have said over the years, it's like, for it to be the number one movie of all time, there is no cultural impact from it. Yeah. People people don't quote it. There's not, like, you know, constant uh, toy lines or merchandise or anything. You know, it's not... It, it's just not in... You know, look at the difference with, like, the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Or, or, honestly, for Cameron for Titanic. You know, Titan was huge, and we we still reference stuff in it. Terminator Two, we still reference stuff, and you know the Marvel movies. You know, there's some that are bigger than others, but there's you know jokes and commentary and stuff, and like you know I can say who Groot is, and my mom knows it. Yep. You know, uh, I can say something about Titanic, and my mom. I, I call it the grandma test. My mom's grandma now, so that counts. Yeah, but I think of like something's very famous, very popular. If your grandma knows about it, yep. So I'll think of like, all right, when my grandma was around, what did she know? Okay, she knew about the Titanic movie. She knew about you know certain things. Yep, like that. It, it, it was that much a part of society and culture. And Avatar, just despite being the biggest movie, it didn't cross over like that though, which is so weird. Yeah. Well, um, I, I think it, it it's like the, the PT Cruiser of movies. Either you love <laughs> it or you just don't care. I was honestly in the camp. I didn't didn't really care. Like, it, like I said, I didn't hate it. It was a fine movie. It's just, you know, I've seen a lot of fine movies. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't mean I'm going to go back and rewatch. No, it, 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 it's like a, it's a bubblegum thing. I'm enjoying this while I have it, but yep. as soon as it's done, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just disposable. And, but uh, uh, the biggest movie ever shouldn't be disposable. Yeah. No, um, I, I'm I'm curious. I just, I mean, one, we're in the peak Christmas time right now. Anyways, I don't know mm-hmm. that I got the time to go for a three hour movie right now anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm also just like, ah, oh, God, I don't know how much I care to go to it though, but I know seeing it in theater is going to be the way to see it too, though. So I'm, I'm very torn. Like I know seeing this in 3d is how I need to see it to really enjoy it and get the whole thing. But I don't know that I want to spend the money in three hours. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Um, it's definitely, I would say it's definitely worth it. Um, like, like I said, I want to see it again. And as far as the 3D goes, like, cause I just seen it like a regular 3D theater. I think if you went to like the IMAX, like the, I forget, like the IMAX, whatever it's called, like where it's like a four or five story screen, I think that would be the way to see this movie. Cause it's like the 3D is just so big, but 
anyway. But uh, Kev, what what do you got this week for for brain candy? <clears throat> All right, uh, we are continuing the Young Justice watch and and doing some more deep dives into that. Okay. Um, it's only four seasons, so the first two seasons were on Cartoon Network. Uh, apparently, one of the reasons it was canceled, depending on what YouTuber deep dive you want to believe, is the audience was pretty much 50-50, boys and girls, and they had wanted to sell like all these toys to boys. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. they found out they had such a big female audience for it, they were like, well, we can't do this. Put something else on that we can get the audience we want and sell merchandise. I don't know how true it is, but it also wouldn't shock me either. Um, so then when DC did their DC directs or DC universe or whatever, when they had like, uh, all the DC shows and the comics were in an app, yeah. they did a third season. And then when it, all that got brought into HBO max, they did a fourth. So we're finally on the fourth season now going through it. Okay. And I'm also, I like, I'm, I, I saw things before and I'm seeing things now. And, and when we're all done, my kid and I will sit down and decide what season's the best and what one's the worst and what characters are the best and all. The opening for season four, which is the last one, Mm -hmm. shows the character when they started and who they are now. So, like, it shows Robin and then it shows Nightwing immediately after. Like, showing the growth of them. I'm like, you know, for a kid, seeing, like, a teenage, young 20-something growth is huge. Yeah. And then I mentioned before that, like, uh, season one had a big Superboy drug story in it. But it wasn't drugs. It wasn't obvious. But yeah. that's totally what the story was. Well, now, between season th- is three and four, there's stories of grief. There's stories of acceptance. There's stories of, like, I, trans isn't quite the right word, but I'll say figuring out who you are as okay. you're a teenager and getting older. Yeah. Um how pe- like how people deal with grief is a huge one in season four and some people bottle it up and keep everything in and some people turn to substances to get through the grief and it's done you know through a superhero lens but it's obvious what they're doing here and like i get all emotional and worked up from some of it i'm just thinking oh my god like for a kid it, i i think this show is huge to be you know, hey, even your heroes, even these ones you look up to, even the strongest people in the universe, yeah, can still fall from very human emotions and feelings. They can, they can still have family problems. They can still feel upset because someone died. They can still go through a breakup. They can still not know who they are, mm-hmm. and it's okay. And I'm like, God, this show is powerful for it. As, as much as like Batman animated series was just an amazing superhero show. And really showing, like, hey, if we don't talk down to people and have good writing, what could we do? Oh, something amazing. They'll live forever. We can do that. But this, I I, I would say that this show is probably, like, the number one, should be the number one superhero show and in top five for cartoons for, like, teens, young adults, preteens, whatever. Mm-hmm amazing I, I like part of me can't wait until we're done and I'll also be very upset when we're done too yeah oh. excellent uh, but yeah it's, 
if anyone wants to watch the whole things on HBO Max, that's how we're doing it. And then we'll go on YouTube and find like, you know, people doing, oh, here's a uh, stuff you missed from season three or whatever. We, we try to do it carefully so we're not spoiling our current season. <laughs> oh, okay. But there, there are characters in here that I'm like, okay, is the character in the comics the same? Because I'm getting ready to look for more from this character if they're written in the same way at all. Yeah. And, and uh, I won't, it's, it's adjacent, but, uh, you know, when we get into comic talk later on here. I, I did. I did look into some comics because of this. Excellent. Uh, I was saying my other like big brain candy for the last couple weeks is I have watched more Christmas related things this year than probably any other year. Pretty much every night I'm putting on something Christmas. Some are familiar and some are ones I haven't watched in decades, and some are ones that I've never watched. But I'm really trying to get through it. Um, I what did I do for first time? I did uh, Frosty's Winter Wonderland for the first time, where Frosty gets a wife. Hmm. Like maybe I saw it when I was a little kid, but I have no recollection of it. Yeah, I did Rudolph's uh, Rudolph's Shiny New Year, where the New Year baby go, gets loose oh, okay. and takes off. Um, I did Rudy and or Rudy, jeez, <laughs> Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. Huh. which is an hour and a half. So it was like a two-hour TV movie when it first came out. They're all Rankin-Bass style. Nice. That one's the most bizarre, I think. <laughs> um, I, I, I really, like, Rankin-Bass needs to have, like, a shared universe comic or, or someone needs to get the rights and do a cartoon and all. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I haven't done it in forever. I, I remember when we used to watch all the time when I was a kid. Well, you know, every Christmas year. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Twas of the Night Before Christmas animated Rankin Bass show, yeah, where it's the family that's like, you know, the family from the poem, but then it turns out he's a clockmaker, and there's a mouse family and Father Mouse that also lives in the same house as well. Yeah, do you remember this one at all? It kind of, vaguely. It seems familiar to me. Santa won't visit the town because someone wrote a nasty letter and they're tracking down who wrote the nasty letter. So they decide to build a clock that will at midnight sing beautiful song to Santa to get his attention to still come to the town. Okay. I'm like, the poem's not enough for you guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's just a half hour special here. And and then I'm doing all sorts of weird ones. I, I watch Sonic's Christmas blast. That's horrible. Uh, I've been told from someone at work I need to watch the Pee Wee Herman Christmas special from Pee Wee's Playhouse era. Oh, okay. He said his family, his wife's family watches it every year, and he hates it. <laughs> so I'm very curious. I did the Santa Claus. I haven't watched that since I was probably since it came out. Yeah. But there's that new series on Disney Plus, so I was curious about that. So oh, I rewatched yeah. the first. Yep, I rewatched the first two, which aren't bad. Yeah. I saw, I I came in and out of the room while the third one was on re, within the last week, and it's horrible, but I feel like I need to watch it fully paying attention to it, and then I'm going to do the series, which is six episodes, they're about 30, 35 minutes each, so I could whip right through it. Oh, okay. But I'm, I'm curious enough, especially when, uh, Tim Allen, I can't. I don't think. I don't know if I did this rant before or not. 
But Tim Allen earlier in the year was all upset because he wasn't the voice of Lightyear. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it seemed like a lot of other people understood. It's like, okay, but you're the voice of the Buzz Lightyear toys, and this is supposed to be a story about, like, the what real. inspired it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a real one. So it's it's a similar but different character here. And he seemed to be the only one that didn't click yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah, and he said... Uh, well, Disney won't hire me because I'm conservative. Okay, but you got a six-episode Disney Plus show coming out, but Disney won't hire you? Yeah. So, I, I see a flaw here in your logic there, Tim. Yeah. Yep. I'll be, yeah, when uh, when I'm all done with Christmas season, which I'm not quite sure what that will mean. I don't know if I mean the 25th or because I got a couple extra days off, if I'm going to count those as well. But whenever I'm done with the Christmas season, I'm going to post everything that I watched this year that was Christmas-related. Awesome. Yeah, no, actually, my wife and I were just talking about this today. Um, I should I should have mentioned that I rewatched the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, our oh, holiday that was special. Best. Yeah, it was great, because my wife hadn't seen it yet, so I watched it with her, and she enjoyed it. Um, but aside from that, and I, the Jim Carrey Grinch movie i haven't really watched a lot of christmas stuff this year it i it seems like i don't know for me it's like every second year that's when i do my like you know i binge all my christmas stuff and then it's like the next year you know like i don't as much like i'll catch a few things like usually charlie mm -hmm. brown or uh you know uh, the rank bass you know uh, rudolph um those are usually my go-to's um but every couple of years, you know, like I, I guess this, like, cause last year I watched everything, um, this year I just haven't like probably Christmas day. I'll watch some of Christmas vacation, but yeah, well, we'll see what happens. But well, one, of, one of my favorite things to do is, uh, in the States, we have a 24 hour Christmas story marathon mm -hmm. on, uh, it's either TNT or TBS. I forget which. Okay. Yeah. So Christmas Day, I'll turn it on, and I, I just need to see it once. I don't need to see it a hundred times, you know, yeah. but I, I need to see the whole movie once each Christmas. So usually that's in between, like, uh, you know, whoever's at my mom's for the day will all open presents, and then there's, like, a downtime for a few hours before the family shows up for dinner. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll probably watch it then, but I'll keep it on, and I'll wait until someone, usually my uncle complains and goes, is this movie's still on and it's usually about the third time through that someone realizes the same movie's been on yeah that's that's one of my holiday traditions how long can this movie be on before someone complains yeah exactly when they turn football on or something i don't know yeah yeah this christmas i have i have to work um but i i'm working oh, gross yeah I've, I've had to work the last few years uh, so, but I'm working night. So, like, after work, Christmas morning, I'll drive home, uh, open gifts with uh, with my wife and my daughter uh, that's still living at home, and then sleep, and then yeah, I'll do uh, Christmas dinner over at my sister's with all the kids and and uh, the grandbaby and everything, and then go back to work Christmas night. So that's that's my plan. So I imagine I'll be watching some Christmas stuff during that time, hopefully. But anywho, uh, did you have anything else for Brain Candy, Kev? 
No, because I've been knee-deep in that and not watching anything new, really. All right. Well, uh, for our listeners, uh, we're going to take a little break, but we'll be right back. I remember one Christmas wasn't too good. It was pretty lousy. I've got a little Christmas story. I'm sorry, but it's sad. It'll either break your heart in two or make you scratch your head. A few years ago on Christmas Eve, Santa was at our house. He must have been tired because he laid down for a minute on our couch. He jumped up in a hurry, checked all his reindeer, flew off into the darkness. They were scratching from ear to ear. It was the loudest Christmas we ever had, one we'll never forget. Scratching nits and combed our hair and we're not over it yet. Santa Claus don't come to our house anymore, don't care if we're naughty or nice. We're the ones that gave Santa Claus and all his reindeer lice. They's late getting back to the North Pole, it took them three or four days. They scratching it's a doggone much they almost lost their way. Santa Claus shaved all his hair off, and he shaved his whiskers too. When he shaved the hair off all the reindeer, Rudolph's nose turned blue. It was the lousiest Christmas we ever had, one we'll never forget. Scratching it's combed our hair, we're not over it yet. Santa Claus don't come to our house anymore, don't care if we're naughty or nice. We're the ones that gave Santa Claus and all his reindeer lice. We wrote Santa Claus a letter. He called us on the phone. Said he'd drop our presents in the yard, but he wouldn't come in our home. So every year on Christmas Eve, out in the snow and ice, he drops him presents in the yard cause he don't want to catch no lice. Was the lousiest Christmas we ever had, one we'll never forget. Scratching this and combed our hair, we're not over it yet. Santa Claus don't come to our house anymore, don't care if we're naughty or nice. We're the ones that gave Santa Claus and all his reindeer lice. Now you've heard our Christmas story, I told you it was sad. I know it's about to kill you, so go on and scratch your head. Right, and we are back, and we are going to be talking about comic books. Um, so, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh, Kevin and I we're, we're the you know the resident comic book guys uh, for the Geek Follow crew, and uh, I came up with uh, a few things to talk about for our um, 2022 comic book year in review. Um, so, Kevin, uh, for you, what was the most memorable comic news of the year for you? Oh, jeez. Does anything stick out for you? Um. Because really, I'm trying to remember what was this year and what what was. (laughs) The big, big one that stands out for me was uh, the Comixology app update oh god that's still awful yeah like that happened back in february it happened without warning uh well i guess there was warning but 
I mean, they've been threatening to update their app for years, and it never, you know, never really takes. But this time it did. Uh, you know, I remember going into my app, uh, wanting to download my my comics for the week, and I had to reboot this app. And then when the app finally, you know, finished downloading and and came back up, it was like taking a step back like it's the, the app was worse than it was before like the 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 comicsology app prior to this was fine in my opinion uh but they wanted to tie it in with their amazon because amazon owns comicsology so they wanted to tie it in with their overall server i guess and you know like so now instead of buying you know your comics from comicsology you're technically now buying them from amazon directly um so i had to download the kindle app in order to buy comics in canada because the comicsology app does not support amazon.ca um which is very frustrating because i you know like i said i used to love the way the comicsology app was it worked but now i have to go through kindle and to get my comic books um, it, you know, the app itself is not, you know, cause I, I'm going through Kindle. It's not comic friendly, you know, like you type in, you know, say Iron Man, for example, it'll give you a list of, uh, you know, trades that you can buy from Kindle, but it's not going to show you the most recent issue of Iron Man. You know, you really have to, you know, like you have to type in, you know, Invincible Iron Man number one, for example, the new, the new series that just started in order to see, you know, issue one. Um, so yeah, it, 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 they really took a step back. Um, and yeah, like now, like, I, I don't know what it's like, you know, for comiXology in the States, but for comiXology in Canada, I don't get the, the comicsology deals anymore. Like, you know, when they would have, like, say, you know, the Kingpin sale, you know, so all, you know, like, you would get trade Daredevil trades or Spider-Man trades, you know, featuring the Kingpin uh, for, you know, like, let's say, five or ten bucks a piece. Um, you know, like, you could, you know, or single issues for, like, a dollar a piece or whatever. You know, like... I, you know, if it was if something that was interesting to me, I would, you know, grab onto these comicsology sales. But now, because I can't, I'm I'm not buying as much comic book. So it's in in a way, you know, like they kind of shot themselves in the foot because I imagine I'm not the only one that's like this. I imagine there are others out there that are just as frustrated and upset, and they're not getting the comics that they used to get. So for me, that was the biggest news of the year uh, because comicsology really screwed up but no it's it's just so confusing too like um i was playing around what is it so i ordered christmas presents i current i didn't have prime they said uh you know i'm over the amount yeah um do you want to try prime for 30 days so i was like yeah to get free shipping sure Oh, well, you know, now have Prime reading as well. I'm like, all right, cool. So I see some comics in there. And I start looking through, and then I want to read the next issue. Well, this is only available with Kindle Unlimited. 
Mm-hmm. Like so, Prime Reading and Kindle Unlimited are two different things. Yep. I was like, so you have, and then you want to throw in Comicsology as well. I'm like, all right, so you have three different subscription free, you know, not free subscription, all you can read, all you can eat things, and all three are different and have different titles on them. Mm-hmm. I was like, how does that make sense? How does that not confuse people? Also, that sounds like you have three different departments all doing the same thing. Yep. Like, that, that seems like a real easy space to save money. And if you had your uh, text reading was one company and Comixology was a different one, okay, those are two different formats and styles mm-hmm. you know like in the end it's still scanning pages of a book and but i could see you know there's certain things like uh comicsology you could read by panel and that's a feature that would not be needed on a textbook yeah so i could i could see differences like that but why is there a prime reading and a kindle limited reading these are the same thing from the same company why would you have this as two different services yeah so it's just yeah, the, the whole and, and also the prime reading is not comicsology. You know, I'm I'm reading mm-hmm. it through a different app and different service here. Yep. Yeah, the only g- good thing that came out of this uh, was when they did switch over. There was like some people that I guess lost their their libraries that they had purchased uh, through comicsology. I didn't. I still have all my comicsology books which is good. Um, but um, it seems like when I download stuff from Kindle, it's like the the, si- the file size must be bigger than it was on Comixology because now I can fit less comic books onto my tablet than I did using the Comixology app. So it's frustrating because, you know, I'm constantly having to, like, make space on my tablet because I'm running out of space, but I don't even have half the amount of comics I would have at any given time when I was able to use Comixology for for my comic book reading. So that's frustrating. But but we get the, like, now the Kindle Unlimited is available in Canada, which is kind of nice. Like, I haven't got to that part yet because I still have a bunch of Comixology stuff that I purchased that I haven't actually read, like trades and stuff that I got on Comixology sales pre, like prior. So when I run out of that, maybe I might decide to subscribe to Kindle Unlimited to get some of these other stuff for free. Well, not free. I'm paying like ten dollars a month or whatever. Um, but I haven't got to that part yet. What you know? Whereas like Comixology, Comixology Unlimited has never been available in Canada, and it's still currently not available. So, yeah, tough times, first world problems, I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, you, you, did you have any uh, comic news that you can think of there, Kev? All right, so I'm still trying to figure this one out. Um, I, I had to bring it up here. So DC did a new Golden Age title. Okay. Which the issues are still coming out. So if, if I'm understanding, it was, uh, you know, time travel, stuff getting all screwed up, and part of it involves the Flashpoint alternate reality. 
Okay. Which, Flashpoint on its own, great story. Mm-hmm. All the spinoffs and tie-ins and, you know, everything else that they're trying to do with it, and especially trying to do a movie out of it, that's too much. Yeah. The Flashpoint on its own, good story. So, the golden age of the Flashpoint universe has been brought into DC's prime universe, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. So it's like forgotten golden age heroes. And it's just messing me up because I'm like, that's a big, like, I know you're bringing it in and I know why you're doing it. It's just, you know, to give more characters and stuff like that and explain ages and all. Yeah. But that's a lot of characters you're bringing in out of nowhere. And now we're going to pretend they were here all along. Yeah. But for their golden age, there's suddenly a different version of Mr. Miracle, an original Aquaman before Arthur Curry. Uh, one of the Legionnaires was stuck in the Golden Age. Um, other people, other people. Salem the Witch Girl, which I'm guessing is some sort of takeoff of Clarion the Witch Boy. I'm not quite sure. Uh, someone called Harlequin's son. I don't know what that is. Uh, Steel's great uncle. Jay Garrick, Flash's daughter. And a Red Lantern. And that's one messing me up. So we had a Red Lantern before we knew... Well, you would have had an Alan Scott Green Lantern in Golden Age. Yeah. But you wouldn't have had a Yellow Lantern. You wouldn't have had Sinestro. You wouldn't have had Green Lantern Corps. You wouldn't have had all the Lanterns of Spectrum. But now we got... And, and also, apparently this Red Lantern is a good guy as well. Hmm. Like, so confused. And I'm just... I'm constantly confused by DC. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, I have a poster here, and it's... Uh, for the new 52 when Jim Lee joined, uh, well, shortly after Jim Lee joined DC. So it's, uh, Jim Lee drawing of justice league mm-hmm. and it's the new, you know, uh, pretty much the Zack Snyder justice league lineup there. Yeah. All Jim Lee art. And it says new 52. And my kid's like, what's new 52. And I look at the poster and it's 11 years old. I'm like, Oh my God. I was like, okay, well new 52 was a thing to do a reboot for DC. Yeah. And then they did another reboot and then another, and then another. Yep. Well, like, I, there was New 52 Rebirth. Um, Dark Crisis was supposed to be 5G, I think they were calling it. Yeah. In house at one point, and then that got, you know, moved around and all. But I'm like, I know Marvel changes stuff, but not to this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Doomsday Clock was supposed to be. A big one, too, but then it became, like, a black label thing. Yeah. Um, Which is a shame, because there, did you read Doomsday Clock? I, I, I liked it. I, I I thought it was fine. Oh, okay, the Dr. Yeah. Manhattan explaining, like, the shifting universe yep. thing, I was like, I can go with that. Yep. Like, this universe is so powerful, Dr. Manhattan's so powerful, Superman's so powerful, that it creates this, like, time shift. Like, honestly, kind of like, it's such a dense reality between Dr. Manhattan and Superman and all this other stuff that it's like it warps time, which is kind of a a thing that we suspect, like that black holes can warp time, Mm -hmm. you know, that something of heavy gravity can change time. So they're taking that to superheroes and like, okay, that's why we have a 1930 Superman and a nearly 2030 Superman. Yep. And they both exist and Superman's always like, 
you know, he's been around, let's say, 10 years, give or take, you know, in, in that universe. And it's because of this, like, sliding scale sort of thing of the the weight that they bring to the year that they are in. And it's yep. all valid and it all happens, but they kind of move the whole universe forward in time as it goes along. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can buy that. I can buy the, the weight of this happening is enough to, you know, kind of warp the time of it. And we do have memories and those stories matter, but all the stories matter. And it, it was damn near, you know, Alan Moore level of, you know, let's give a reason for the sliding timeline. Mm-hmm. And that was all for it. And then that kind of went away too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, really, I, I don't want to dwell too much on In Memoriam, but we did lose some big comic book names this year. Probably the biggest uh, would be George Perez and Neil Adams, um, unfortunately passed away. And then, of course, the voice of, of uh, Batman from Batman the Animated Series and and um you know numerous video games and you know the justice league uh unlimited and all that uh kevin conroy unfortunately passed away this year um so kevin uh best comic book what was your favorite comic book series this year that that wasn't that wasn't a new series Oh, that what that was a new or wasn't a new? What what it what, was what, not a new series. I mean, I, I guess it could oh. if if you want it to be because uh, my next question is your your best new comic book. So this is just best comic book. This one. Okay, the thing I probably liked. Uh, all right, which one do I want to pick here? Okay, I got I got different reasons here. Okay. Because it wasn't the best. But I read all of Super Sons this year. Okay. And it started in I think 2018. I think it started with the Rebirth. Mhm. Um so it was Super Sons and then Challenge of the Super Sons or something that got like rebooted and restarted right away. But it's Jonathan Kent, Superboy, and Robin Damian Wayne team-up book. And it's pretty much, it starts off with their dad saying, Listen, it's better if the two of you learn how to get along. Mm -hmm. The two of us fought for years before we came to a mutual respect and now a friendship. And you two are going to be carrying on our legacy. So get used to each other now, figure it out now. Damien's a little older. Um, and you know, he's had like the harder life and all. And Jonathan's very naive to things and star eyed, but also with all of the, you know, well about to have all the powers of Superman. He doesn't quite have them all yet. Mm -hmm. Still figuring stuff out. And the two of them just figuring out how to be heroes and, you know, be home before curfew for stuff. And 
you know, I'm, I'm seeing my kid who loves Damien Wayne Robin for stuff. I'm seeing him in these adventures for it. Yep. And I'm losing it because it's written so well for like how kids would react and get into trouble and think they're doing the right thing and getting in over their heads and all, but through this superhero lens of it. And it was just so much fun. And really, I'm loving seeing Superman and Batman as dads. I, yeah. I think it just makes sense for the characters now. Um, but to have Superman and Batman having like these side conversations of like, oh my god, were we this stupid? You know, when we were younger, did we fight like that? And yeah. Alfred kind of chiming in too. Yeah, it's so much fun. I love it. Um, I watched the movie, and I think Lillian did too. They did Super Sons animated movie. It's an absolute blast. Like the the connection for these two uh, is what's going to like get kids into comics and fuel it for years and all. Like these two together is is amazing. It's the new world's finest for sure. It's so much fun. Excellent. Um, but also one that started in previous years and I continued on my own because like that has that when I got picked but it's through my kid too. But I read all of the woods, which is uh, James Tinian who does um, house of slaughter mm-hmm. is uh, one, one of the big ones from him. But uh, the woods is out of nowhere, a high school and everyone in it at the time. So all the kids, all the teachers, all the support staff get teleported to an alien moon out of nowhere. They have no idea why they have no idea what happened. Nothing. And then it's just, where are we? What else is out here? And how do we survive? And it just goes for about 40 issues like that. And the first volume was a lot of setup. And I thought, all right, I'm not totally sure. I don't know what's really, you know, how I really feel about this, but I'll, I'll try. The second volume I was sold. I go, oh my God. And by the time I get got to then, I realized I'm like, oh, he knew the whole story from the start because it drives me nuts when, okay, like the Game of Thrones showrunners, they didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, as we got to then and realized they're making it up, and as they lost their Star Wars and Marvel gigs because those franchises were like, you're not touching our stuff. Mm-hmm. When you're you're fake, you know, you faked it to make it, and you barely did that. Yeah. Um, you know, but sometimes you're reading the story and they go to a certain point and you're like, okay, you kind of wrote yourself into a corner here. You don't know what you're doing or, or whatever the plan was, didn't work out. And now you're kind of stuck here in story where you have to wreck on something or lie or bring in something brand new out of nowhere here. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to do Chekhov's gun, but you're going to just have a Dave sex machina here on, you know, 40 issues in because you don't know what else to do. No woods, by the time I was at the end, I'm like, he had everything plotted out from the start. Every character was here for a reason. Every twist and turn was here for a reason. Every personality, little fight, whatever. When someone, you, you know, when something changed in story, when something was introduced, I'm like, this was all plotted out from the start. He knew, he must have known how many issues and what beats at what time and everything. And I was, it was so good. So good. Like, I loved Walking Dead, mm-hmm. but Robert Kirkman flat out said 
he knows where the story ends, but he's going to just write the story. He, he's he let the story take him where it wanted to. Yeah. You know, he was writing stuff like, oh, I didn't realize that's what was going to happen next in the story, but I guess we'll go with it. No, Woods is like from page one, all plotted out, all there for a reason. It was so good. Yeah, he's a good writer. Yeah, yeah. He he's done a couple of good things. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, for me, best comic book of the year had to have been Maestro World War M. Um, okay. Yeah, like, so this was the last of the Maestro miniseries that he, like, uh, Peter David, uh, this was, yeah, his last one. So the first one was, you know, how the Hulk became the maestro and Hercules was like the big nemesis for him. Uh, the second one was Dr. Doom and the Pantheon. And then this one was Dr. Doom still, but with Namor. Um, and yeah, uh, so this leads directly into the future and perfect, uh, mini series, uh, from the, not from 1991, I, I want to say. Um, but yeah, this this was great. The art was great. Uh, Peter David did an excellent job. Um, all right, so next category is Best New Comic Book uh, of 2022. So for me, it has to be 8 Billion Genies, uh, written by Charles Soule. And it's, a, it's from Image Comics. And I just... It's such an interesting concept, you know. What, what what would happen if everyone on the planet got a genie that would grant them one wish? And it could be literally anything. Um, what would happen? Like, there'd be, it would be utter chaos. It would be, you know, survival of the fittest. And, you know, some crazy things would happen. And uh, each issue, it just, you know, this world just expands more and more and and uh yeah charles soul is is fantastic and and i love the the cover designs that they do for this series with image comics uh but yeah eight billion genies that's my favorite new comic book of the year uh kevin what is your best new comic book of the year all right so i here i gotta get the title right here so I gotta bring the cover back up again. Um, have you ever read Monstrous? No, I haven't. No. Okay, I I have not read it either. Comes through work all the time, and it, it's been on my list for a while. Uh, Marjorie Liu uh, is a writer for it, um, but it looked interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, then out of nowhere, this original graphic novel comes in, and it's by her. And a co-worker grabbed it first. He thought it looked interesting. He finished it in a day, sets it down to my desk. I'm like, all right, I, I don't know. You know. I've never read anything by her. Mm-hmm. And now you want me to start with a, a, a original graphic novel, like, you know, however long it is, 200, 250 pages, brand new thing. Yep. Oh, it's book one. There's going to be three. I'm like, hi, I don't know. I loved it. It's called The Night Eaters. The Night Eaters. Volume one is called She Eats the Night. It is, are they, are they Vietnamese or Chinese? Um, totally forget. And that's my fault for being horrible and forgetting details. Um, 
I will say Asian horror story. Hmm. Just, just so I'm, you know, careful for it. Um, and you don't know it's a horror story at first at all. It just seems like the, the kids are born in America. The parents, you know, were the immigrants coming in and the parents have certain ways of doing things. And the kids are like, you need to lighten up. That's not the way it is anymore. That's the way it was for you. Mom, why are you so hard on us? Why are you so difficult? You know, um, you know, the, the, the desire to please your parents. I worked so hard. I never got an I love you. I never got a hug. I was never told you're proud of me. Like, it just hurts for the start of it. And you're like, what the hell is wrong with this family here? Like, what's the tension? What's the, what's the secret? What's going on here? And then the stuff gets revealed. Oh my God, it was amazing. And then you realize all this stuff from the beginning of the story, which should not tie in. Like, this should be one story about a family and another story about the horror. And then you realize why all the stuff in the beginning was happening. And you're like, oh my God, it all ties in so perfectly. All the stuff that was bothering me, all the stuff that, like, these very deep, very personal family conversations here are all here for a reason once we get the reveals that, you know, halfway through the book. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, my God, it's book one of three. Now I'm excited. And book two is, like, fall of 2023. Go, son of a bitch. I want it now. Yeah. But awesome. I did not, yeah, I did not expect to sit down to read, like, this brand new graphic novel and... I was so excited. Like when I finished it and I felt bad because I, I was like, Oh, I'll read like a couple pages. And then next thing you know, I've read like 50 pages. I'm like, I need to stop, but I can't stop. I have other things I need to do. But I have to keep going on this book. Yeah. It's amazing. So I immediately, as soon as I was finished, I found my coworker. I was like, this was so good. He goes, I know. He said, we have to get monsters now. I'm like, I know I have to read that. I have to read everything from her now. But just so freaking good. And and it was uh, from Oni Press, too. So, mm-hmm. honestly, flipping through the previous catalog, I probably would have skipped it there as well. Yeah. Like, it was just the cover looked interesting. It came through work one day, and we're like, oh, let's check it out. And it absolutely blew me away. Such a good freaking story. Excellent. All right. Um... So I'm going to combine these two. Uh, so best comic writer and best comic artist of 2022. Um, I'm going to go uh, with Charles Soule as the best comic book writer and uh, basing that on, again, my favorite new comic book, 8 Billion Genies, because uh, it's such an interesting concept that I, you know, I, I just never thought of it. But then as I'm reading, I'm like, you know, this is making total sense to me even though you know like it's just i never thought of this before it was it was so cool uh and then the best artist i'm going with uh dan mara or mora no sorry dan mora uh he's the artist on the current iteration of world's finest uh with mark wade this guy can draw superman and batman and like so awesome and, I mean, he, you know, like, the, he's got issues with the Doom Patrol in there. 
He's got, you know, like all these different characters that show up. And it's like Batman when he used to wear the, you know, the blue suit, the gray and blue suit. And, um, yeah, he's just a fantastic artist. And I'm looking forward to seeing more from him in 2023. Uh, Kevin, the best comic writer and best comic artist of 2022, in your opinion. Okay, my favorite writer is Tinian right now. Um, House of Slaughter... Uh, some things killing <clears throat> children. Yeah. Um, Department of Truth is him as well. And like I said, I, I read The Woods and loved it. But and uh, I just picked up his uh, first volume of Batman too. But I haven't read that yet. I thought he did a, um, a great job on Batman. Was, you know. Yeah. So I well, was picked up for me. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I got to sit down and read it because I've loved everything else by him. Yep just been blown away by his stuff um not enough that i'm gonna he's one of the ones that you know does exclusive stuff on substack and i'm like i'm not paying you know for someone's uh fan club yeah on here especially when most of them are released anyways like i just i just started reading uh scott snyder did a uh exclusive online and then it got printed by someone else yeah I'm like so why why am I paying money for, ex- I mean, I haven't, but why would I pay money for exclusive online ones that three months later are in print anyways? Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, but, you get to see it first, I guess, or one of the first, Yeah. but yeah, I totally get Yeah, but I know people that um, do it for, like, uh, I'll talk to comic shop, I know people that do it for Tinian stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, he would make sense. And I guess, like, some of these people, I don't know who exactly, and I know I'm tangenting for a second here. But um, some of them, one of the things that they'll provide is, uh, like, writing classes on there. Yep. So they'll, they'll show you their skill, or even some of them might, like, critique stuff. So I could see the value in that. Mm-hmm. Um, artists, which is tough. It was tough at first because I really... Uh, I, I'm drawn more to cover artists. Yeah. But that yeah. doesn't necessarily count. But uh, Bruno Redondo, who does Nightwing, now, I forget what issue it was. I want to say, like, 88, but I could be wrong. Uh, There was a comic store that took two copies of the issue and spread it along the walls of their store. Because the whole thing is, like, it starts off with, like, Nightwing, like, jumping out of a balcony or whatever into a building. And then through the building and then through this room and having a fight here. And the whole thing is just one smooth fluid motion of Nightwing telling the whole story there. Hmm. So you can you can take apart the issues and set it up as like one massive scene pretty much of him moving through this building. Yeah. And and through, I don't know if he's in Bloodhaven or Gotham in the story. Um, can't remember. But I'm like, who does that for art? Like, who could even conceive of that? Like, I can imagine you got like all of your drawing boards you know, laid out in the floor of the living room to try to get the perspective of that. Yeah. But it looks like just, it looks like one massive piece, but it's the whole issue for it. And Nightwing's just fluid motion throughout it. I was like, that's amazing. Yeah, that's cool. You know, one of the things that like shows what comics can do for it too. Yeah. Excellent. Um, all right. 
so the next category is worst comic book of 2022. Um, so what was the comic book that you were most disappointed with? Uh, for me, I love Wildcats, you know, especially like the Alan Moore years, uh, you know, Travis uh, Charest, um you know, as an artist, uh, Jim Lee did some art with, with, uh, Alan Moore, uh, Matt Broom did some, you know, like this is like mid nineties stuff. Um, so when I heard that they were finally going to be doing a new wildcat series in the DC universe, I was kind of excited about it. And then I was very disappointed in it. it was, the first issue was terrible. I hate how they try and integrate, like, the DC... Like, I just wish they would do a Wildcat series, just Wildcats, you know, without having to have, like, Nightwing show up in the first issue, and, um... Like, I know Grifter's, like, now a character in Gotham. Um... Yeah, I just... Really disappointed with, uh, with what they did with Wildcats, so... That was, that was, in my opinion, the worst comic book of the year. Uh, Kevin, uh, what is the worst comic book of 2022 in your opinion? Yeah. Well, I'm just picking up on what you're saying there for a little bit. Um, because they, they did Wildcats one. What were they going to do? Like, uh, Wildcats versus Amanda Waller or something like that that was going to have Stormwatch as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they've done nothing with Gen 13. Well, uh, you got Teen Titans, you got Young Justice. Yeah, well, Morgan Fairchild, like, no, is that her name, Morgan Fairchild? Caitlin Fairchild. Caitlin Fairchild, Morgan Fairchild's the actress. Yeah. So, Caitlin Fairchild, I think she's actually in this Wildcat series. She was in uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws, I think. She, like, something. But, yeah, like, Gen 13. yeah, it's just it's weird that they don't do something with that property. Yeah, and and I understand when Wildcats is brought in, it's like, okay, how do we talk about this interdimensional, centuries long war between these two alien races, and act like it's been part of DC for all along, even though it hasn't. I'm like, okay, I get that. Like, you gotta bring them in somehow, but they've never found a way, a good way to bring them in, though. And I, I kind of understand, all right, we're going to take Grifter as his own thing away from the Wildcats because he does yeah. kind of fit in with Gotham and Batman and all. But then what do you do with, like, Maul or Spartan or Void or, you know, whoever else for it? Yeah. You know, so I, I get it, but, I mean, God, like, does it show something about the characters from the start that they can't figure it out. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I mean, looking back, like, Youngblood especially, which is not Wildstorm, I know, but like, Youngblood especially, it's like, these are not fully formed characters here. No. <laughs> They're not going to fit in somewhere else. Um, what well, I decided I'm done, I'm not looking at any more of this, and I don't care how the story ends was uh the new Punisher series. Oh yeah. Yeah. So and and I and I was an apologist for it. I'm like, okay. The Punisher skull logo has been taken by other groups. They need to change the logo. They need to do something different. I get it. To protect their IP and marketing and certain other things. 
they got to do something. Yeah. And the the rumor I heard was that like you can't copyright a skull, even the stylized skull, like the Punisher logo. So that's why the logo's out there on everything now. Yeah. And I was like, okay, maybe. So they do this other stylized demon-looking skull thing. I'm like, okay. And then Punisher's with the hand. I was like, all right, I could see something happening. And he's like, all right, maybe I can take this group and use them to help my war on crime. Uh, maybe better to be, a, uh, you know, be close to your enemy. Yeah. Um, by being inside of it, by being in charge of it, I can control it as well. You know, there's certain things I could get and all. I'm like, all right, like I'm, I'm apologizing for it. I'm working with that. I'm willing to roll with the story to like try to update and change the Punisher and do something different and all. And then they brought his wife back at the end of an issue. And that was the last time I touched it. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I, I would be willing to bet. I've read enough comics. This isn't going to be his wife. This is a clone. This is a, you know, um, costume. So we got plastic surgery done. This is a hallucination. I don't know. But I know it's not his wife. I know it's going to be something else. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. That was just, for some reason, that was too far for me. I'm like, the whole point of Punisher is taken away if she exists. It makes no sense. Now, if they had wanted to do, like, um, something apart from the hand story and all, like, just randomly someone says, uh, no, it turns out she's still alive. She's been, you know, in a coma as a Jane Doe. And it might be her, it might not be her. That could be a story. And then it, I would think it couldn't be her. But I could see, like... You know, take Frank Castle going, God, what if it is her? What if she has been a Jane Doe all this time? Yeah. You know, what does that say about me? Like, do as, like, a, a character study on him. I could totally see that. But for this, like, oh, you're in charge of the hand, and now we're going to really mess with you, but your wife is actually alive. I'm like, I'm, I'm out. You're just, you're trying way too many things to change for him. Yeah. No. And I was willing to roll with all of them. And now I bring in the wife. I'm like, I'm done. I'm absolutely done. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if I see a collection of it, I'll try again. But I I walked away from it. Yeah. No, I don't blame you. Uh, I hate that redesign. I really do. Um, I, I was keeping an open mind. I was trying. I was really trying. Yeah. All right. Well, I got another, another uh, couple here. Um, uh, Best comic book TV show or movie, and worst comic book TV show or movie. Um, so, for for me, for the best, I'm going with the boys. I really thought I really love uh, what Amazon's doing with that series. I think honestly, the show's better than the comic. Um, I really loved. You know, this season was really good. Uh, but I will give an honorable mention. To James Gunn's uh, the uh, Peacemaker, uh, that was that was that was fun. That was a fun uh, DC uh, show, and uh, you know definitely worth it. Uh, the worst comic book, TV show, or movie of 2022 that I watched. Um, what 
was, uh, in my opinion, Thor Love and Thunder. I didn't hate it, but I was very disappointed. I, I really feel there was wasted potential with that movie. Um, you know, they took two very good Thor stories and tried to make one movie out of it, and they didn't make a good movie out of it. Um, you know, I think they should have focused either on the Jane Foster, you know, Thor storyline, or uh, Gore the God Butcher. Uh, but having both, I think, is just a waste. And they wasted uh, uh, Christian Bale. You know, like, he was fantastic as Gore. I would love to have seen him in, in other projects. Uh, but, you know, spoilers, you know, he's not going to be around. Um, and, I, and I found out recently uh, that one of the reasons why Ragnarok... why I, I actually really liked Thor Ragnarok. Um, but didn't particularly like uh, Love and Thunder. Uh, Taika Waititi directed Ragnarok, but he didn't write it. Like, he might have had a hand in helping with the writing, but there was someone else. But this movie, the new one, Love and Thunder, he wrote it. And it was just too silly. They tried, you know, like, it was too slapstick. And, you know, like, like I said, I, I just felt it was a waste, a wasted potential. Um, so that, that's, uh, my best and worst. Kevin, uh, in your opinion, what was, uh, the best and worst comic book TV show or movie of 2022? All right. Um, it's hard to believe that it came out this year. It's been a long year, mm -hmm. but the Batman was this year. Yep. And I... I went in, honestly, with low expectations. Mm -hmm. um, between the marketing, between the length of the movie, between Robert Pattinson, like, for many reasons, I had low expectations. And when I finally sat down to watch them, like, okay, this is different. This is new. I'm actually enjoying it. And part of it for me is also assuming where they're going to go to. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, okay, if this is part one of three, which I'm really thinking it is, I'm liking everything in here because I'm seeing parts that are going to be character progression. I'm seeing things that are going to change or brighten up or, or alter along the way. Yep. Like I'm seeing groundwork laid for it. I was like, this is a really interesting take on him. And his world and everything and it's, it's kind of grounded in reality but not too much that you know if all of a sudden someone else super powered showed up it's not going to seem completely out of place mm -hmm. i like this take on catwoman i like this take on penguin riddler's kind of going pretty far for me but you're making riddler very interesting yep you know um with the more you know the longer it went on i'm like okay i like the camera work for this i like the music i you know i'm enjoying everything you're doing for it i think this is actually really good and i i, I did like love and thunder i did like wakanda forever you know like i enjoyed everything i saw this year but i think the batman one i'm like okay this hits that that extra notch here mm -hmm. this goes that step beyond for it. i really liked it on the other hand it's not that it's a bad show but I'm calling it worse for comic. 
You know there's a show called Pennyworth still on? Yes, I've never actually watched it, but I know of it. It's, like, I I get it. Okay, and, and whoever did the new take on Alfred, it's like, okay, he wasn't a butler, he has this military training, and that's why he was able to train Bruce, and yep. why he's able to do all these things. He's more than just butler. Like, totally get that. I'm down for that as as part of the character. It makes a ton of sense. I don't need to see that storyline. I like a one-off Alfred adventure is fine in the comics for the Batman animated series or something like that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, a B plot of some of Alfred's origin. Fine. Yeah. But young Alfred, mm-hmm. you know, the, the young, the, the young Alfred Pennyworth Chronicles, I call it something else. I, I think as a period piece, it can be a very interesting show. Yeah. But to call it Pennyworth and imply it's being tied in and it just feels forced and, you know, it, it really feels like they wanted to tell a period piece. They couldn't, they weren't, you know, whatever production company wasn't allowed to start a brand new IP. Yeah. So you throw Pennyworth out there and it's like, oh, sure, here's money. We'll green light that. Yeah. But it just, it doesn't feel like an actual superhero show tied into it. There's just, something doesn't feel genuine to me for it. Yeah. So, and, and, and the show could be fine otherwise, but something to tie it in here to call it a superhero thing just doesn't feel right to me. So that's why I'll put it at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, like I, I've heard of it. I, I know of it, but I've never... I'm, I, I just, there's so many other things to watch that just, you know, uh, uh, um, a story about, you know, an origin story about Alfred, eh, you know, I don't think I need that. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next category, what non-2022 comics are you reading? Uh, so... So this is stuff that, you know, doesn't didn't necessarily have to come out in 2022. It could be old comics that you're checking out or whatever. Um, for me, I'm still working my way through uh, Sandman, Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Um, they are great comics, you know, uh, just, you know, a little dark, uh, and but, but still good. And I'm trying to get back into Saga because I really loved Saga. When it first came out, then I kind of dropped off and then they took like, I forget how many years off, like four years or something between issues. Um, so I, I, you know, I think it, it they started re-release or started releasing them again this year and I was completely lost. Like one, I don't want to reveal anything, but one of the main characters was like dead now and I, I have no idea what, how this character died. Um, so I'm going back and, 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 uh, rereading um some saga to kind of catch up but it's still a great great series um i just i kind of fell off there for a while uh kevin what are you reading that's the non-2022 right um because i did all of the boys this year oh god there's probably near 100 issues yep with a regular series and the um, mini series and stuff like that. Yep. 
and uh, very conflicted with how I felt after spending so much time with the characters in the book and Garth Ennis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and I, I did the first episode of the show and I, I need to go back and do more. Um, I think the show by having other writers is going to be better and, and everyone's saying it so far. I think the show's going to end up being better than the comic and overall. Yeah. Um, and everyone's like, yeah, pretty much already is. And I think that comes from having more than one writer on there and things are more fleshed out. And, uh, well, and some, I, I, some of the changes they've made to the show too, like, um, Oh, what's the character's name? They, they, uh, made, made the character into a, a woman. Uh, the not the not the super Nazi um, crap. I can't remember what his name was in the comic books. She was in season two of the boys, but that that okay. change worked. Like it was it was really cool. Um, but and and well, ha- I I do sorry, Kev, go ahead. I I don't think Garth Ennis knows how to write women. Yeah, uh, yeah, which. To be fair, you know, it's every writer has their strong suit. Some guys just can't write for women, just like some, you know, writers can't write for teenagers, or or artists can't yeah. draw for teen, you know, modern teens, right? Um, but I mean, doing that as like a big thing for the year, I thought, well, that was kind of good and interesting, and a big check off of you know, my to read list. Yep. So I was like, okay, what else, you know, what, what else do I need to get through? So then like when I got through the woods this year too, I'm like, okay, that was a good one to run through and all. Um, so I actually am getting my like 2023 ones lined up. Uh, a comic podcast that I listen to is going to reread Sandman throughout the year. So every week they'll assign, you know, six issues, three issues, whatever, like whatever mm. the next arc is. Yeah. And then discuss it. And they've both read it multiple times already. So they're going to come in with like different perspectives, different things. So I'm treating the year as like a book club for Sandman. Nice. You know, so they'll say, okay, by next week we're reading these issues. And I will read those issues and I'll be sitting there, you know, the next week when that podcast is out to listen for the discussion on it. Yeah. And I'm like, that'll probably be a great way for me to finally read all of Sandman. And they're doing, you know, the miniseries and Death High Cost of Living and stuff like that. Like, they'll work it all in through the year. So I'm very excited to have a guide for that, pretty much. Excellent. Um, I did see through work, and I, it would, I would have to get it from multiple different places, but I could, but uh, Fanographics released... Um, the Charlie Brown comic strips. Uh, each book, oh. uh, yeah. each book is two years of the comic strips, and from 1950 all the way up to 2000. And we have every one of those books between all the libraries in our system. And I think it's like 26 books. I'm like, I could read all of Charlie Brown. Okay, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Because like once you once you understand, you know, when I was younger, I'm like, I don't understand this reference. It's like, well, yeah, because Charles Schultz is an old man at this point. Yeah. And some of these references are dated. But 
some of it's still like really good and really groundbreaking and really emotional. And I'm like, that could be fun. Yeah. And then the more stuff, because uh, my kid and I were reading Deceased, and we haven't read the the new, the last miniseries is still going on. We're waiting until it's all done to read it. Um, but we read all of that this year and loved it. God, it's so cool. Such a good series. Um, but then between like Deceased and the DC Animated Universe and some other stuff, Constantine keeps showing up. Mm-hmm. And I look and I was like, <clears throat> okay, one of the one of the uh, legal online reading apps, um, you know, so everyone gets paid, mm-hmm. uh, has the entire original three hundred whatever issue run of Hellblazer. Oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, I've never done that. Like it's all sitting right here, though. Yeah. And I kind of want to get into that. But then, it, like, knowing the lore of Hellblazer and, you know, the the writers that come on to it, and I'm like, this is going to be pretty heady if I do it. Yeah. Like, this is not going to be, like, light, quick, fun reads. This is going to be, like, my brain's going to hurt after. Yeah. And if I'm reading Sandman 2 in the same year, geez. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty heavy. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm debating that, though. <clears throat> I was like, that'd be two really good ones to go through, though. Yeah, that's, like, I know, like, I've read some stuff with John Constantine in it, and, uh, like, I, I liked that series when it was on NBC, and then yeah. then he came over. I like that actor, the guy who played him. Uh, and then on the Sandman, because I think they changed it to Joanna Constantine. They do. Yeah. But I love Jenna Coleman, though, so it's like... Uh, I, 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 yeah, but it's a character that I never really got into, but you know, I, I definitely want to, one of these years get, you know, but I mean, that's a big, that's a big, uh, thing to jump into Hellblazer. You you know, that's a commitment. That's, I I could regret it, but I'm debating it. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of things for 2023, I've been debating about Jump like I've uh, over the years I've read a few issues here and there, but I never really got into it. And that's Savage Dragon, but I really Ooh. like I really like Eric Larson, and I know like that's Robert Kirk. Like Eric Larson is like Robert Kirkman's hero. Like he's the reason why he got into comics. Um. Uh, like I don't know if you uh, ever heard the story about how how they met. Uh, like Eric Larson was at a comic con. He, you know, he was looking for a cab at, at, you know, to go to the airport from the comic con. And, uh, Robert, yeah. Robert Kirkman was like, well, I can drive you, but he, he's not from San Diego. He had no idea how to get to the airport. Uh, but he got him there. Um, but he was talking his ear off the whole time. And then, yeah, uh, he get, you know, uh, Eric Larson brought him on as a writer. Um, and the, you know, the beginning of the Invincible series, like, Savage Dragon was there. Like, it it did take place originally in the Savage Dragon universe, but I think it became its own thing, because, you know, I don't think Savage Dragon was there towards the end. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a character that I've always been interested in, um, but never really got behind. But, now, like, you know, Invincible is my favorite comic book series, um, 
and I bought the whole series in what they call Ultimate Collections. And now uh, they're starting to release the Savage Dragon in those Ultimate Hardcovers. The same style as Invincible and everything. So I've been debating, like, well, maybe I'll start collecting those. So I'm going to pick up the first volume in the new year and and get into reading that. And also another comic series that I never, I've never read, but I, I'm just totally into, um, that I want to get into, is Madman. The uh, Mike Allred, Laura Allred uh, uh, series. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Mike Allred. I loved when him and Dan Slott were on Silver Surfer. One of my favorite Silver Surfer runs. Um, you know, he was, you know, he, Mike Allred did FF for a while. He's, he, you know, he's been around. But I never read his 90s series that made him famous, and that was Madman. Um, I remember seeing Madman in Wizard Magazine. I remember them talking about him at the time. But I never got into the series, so I, I ended up buying like this omnibus of of Madman, um, not too long ago. So I'm going to be reading that as well. Uh, so yeah, that that for 2023, I'm going back to the 90s, I guess, with some of my comic book reading. And then of course I got to finish Sandman because I'm still working on that. You know, you, you're reminded me too. Like, uh, yeah, there's some big archive omnibuses whatever for savage dragon that was loads of fun and he he actually like progresses the story kind of real time too yeah yeah because um, i think currently it's like his son that's like the lead yeah. character in the series yeah because i wanted to get into that too and then you remind me i haven't done invincible oh i oh i love invincible and yeah, yeah like so that's I'm coming familiar. back in 2023 of like the the Netflix animated series, which is also excellent. It was it was so good. Yeah. But yeah, the comic books are 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 yeah, it's like Peter David's run on the Incredible Hulk is my favorite run in comic books, but if I'm going to say my favorite overall series from beginning to end, I would say is Invincible. For sure. Yeah, I, need, I need to see if I we got it all at work. Yeah, well, there and, uh, and that's the beauty thing is like I mean, there's lots of lots out there. Whereas Savage Dragon, like, like it, it was been so hard because stuff is out of print, whereas Invincible's not out of print. Uh, so now that they're coming up with these Ultimate collections, I was like, eh, you know what? I'm gonna get the first one, see how I do, and it'll look great with my Invincibles on the bookshelf. That's true. But. All right. Um, so my next question, uh, and it's the last one for for this segment. What are you looking forward to in comics in twenty twenty three? So you know, is is there anything in particular, uh, comics wise, that you're looking forward to? For me, I just learned this I don't know a few weeks ago that they are re uh, not rebooting, but they're going to be doing a new series uh based on shazam uh so there'll be a shazam number one in june and it's going to be written by mark wade and drawn by dan mora who i was my favorite artist of 2022 they both currently are working on world's finest at dc and apparently they're going to be doing the shazam series at the same time 
So Dan Mora is going to be doing two monthly books at the same time, which I'm I'm all for because like he's a great artist. I mean, you know, like I mean, you don't really see that a lot in comic books nowadays. You know, one artist doing like multiple titles, but I mean, Jack Kirby used to do like six in a month. Uh, plus, he used to help out on other books too. So, you know, and Dan Mora, like, his art is so great. I think it I think it would work perfectly with Shazam. And since Dan DiDio was let go at DC, now Mark Wade has come back. And Mark Wade is just doing great things at DC. Like, he's a great old-school, you know, 90s writer. And, and um, you know, I, I, I'm just looking for... Because like, Shazam is one of my favorite... DC characters, I prefer, like, I miss the days when they used to call him Captain Marvel, because that's, you know, I grew up calling him Captain Marvel. Shazam is what he says to turn into Captain Marvel. Um, I kind of hate how they got rid of that, but I kind of understand, but at the same time, it's like, guys, you know, Cap this Captain Marvel predates Marvel Comics. Like, what, you know, why would you give up on your, you know, this history that you've brought into your company? But, anywho, that is what I'm looking forward to in 2023, is Shazam number one. And, Kevin, what are you looking forward to in 2023, comics-wise? Like, nothing that's been announced officially yet, because I think we're just up to February. I think, actually, uh, the next week or two, we'll see all of the March ones. Mm -hmm. But just stuff I hope for. Like, there's not currently a new Warrior series. Yeah, and, not since that... Uh, the debacle from a couple years ago right which never ended up coming out because then covid hit and it just got canceled flat out which is probably good yeah um but no one's taken like a new look at it uh unless it just got solicited in like the last month because i'm behind on looking at previews and stuff like that there's not a teen titans series out now yeah Uh, there's like a young justice multiversity Mm -hmm. or like there's so there, there's a teen hero team, but yep. there's not a Titans one. Yeah. Which is shocking. Like, Teen Titans is, you know, between the cartoons and series and everything else, like, your general public knows Teen Titans. There should always be a Teen Titans book out. Exactly, yep. And I'm, I'm still waiting for Marvel to finally start some crossing over with the properties they have. I want to see Avengers versus Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. That... I want to see like Punisher versus Predator. Yep. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, you know, they got them. The, the, yeah, the, there was a rumor a couple of years ago because, uh, whoever took over was CB Sabolsky that took over as editor in chief when Quesada left. Yeah. I think if I'm I think getting so. my details right said, uh, we haven't sold a million copies of something in a while, but we got something coming, and then nothing happened of it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people have wondered for years when we're going to see, like, a Marvel meets Star Wars book. Yeah, it's kind of weird they haven't done something like that. Because, I mean, DC, like, I mean, they would have, like, a... Uh, when they had the the Star Trek license, they would have, like, Green Lanterns and Star Trek... Uh, yeah, and well, even, even did like X-Men Star, Star Trek, Trek meets X-Men or yeah. whatever. Yeah. 
that. So, I mean, I'm not quite sure. I don't know what my Star Wars tie-in story would be, how I'd get Marvel stuff into it, but there's got to be a way. The only thing I can think of is maybe it's part of the license agreement with Disney. Like, maybe they're like, nope, there's no, you know, we don't want to... But but DC owns Marvel, too. I, I don't know. True, and... I, I mean, I could see a way, I could easily see a way you could do Star Wars meets Aliens. Yeah, you, yeah. Could that work? Absolutely. You know, that could work. Star, Star Wars Predator could work, you know, pretty easily. But, um, yeah, I, I, I can understand that it's probably tough to figure out a way to do Star Wars and Marvel, you know, yeah. what what Marvel characters, what team, what whatever, which which thing of Star Wars at this point, honestly. We'll just do it as a... You know, original trilogy, prequel, or sequels there. Well, that's one... Th- one what, what group do they interact with? One good thing that DC does, and I'll give them credit for, is um, the Black Label stuff. I love the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, they have this, um, you know, thing that they can you know, basically do whatever they want with these characters, and it doesn't affect, you know, the main, you know, uh, continuity. I wish Marvel would do something like that, you know, like, here's a Spider-Man story. I mean, they do things like that, but they don't have, like, a label for it. Like, I I would love to see something like that, you know, like, yeah, you know, having, you know, Avengers versus Aliens or something, like, that would be awesome. You know, just have it under there. It doesn't doesn't have to make sense. And I mean, you could have like maybe the original Avengers, or you know, what whatever. Like it's, you know, possibilities are endless. Yeah, and I mean, Marvel had their Max line. Oh my God, forever ago now, probably twenty years ago now. Yep. Um, but there's a. It's probably because of Disney that they're not really doing like a mature line, or a you know, out of continuity line, but mm-hmm. there's stories to be told oh, yeah. in that format, in that way. Yep. But, all right. Um, I think we could call this an episode. Um, it's a long one, but it, but I think we, we covered some good ground tonight. Um, so before we go, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. And Kevin, where can we find you, sir? All right, you can find me across most social medias. I'm at Masked Library. Uh, MaskedLibrary.com is my main blog, and then I also occasionally and hopefully future more frequently do stuff over at TheRetroNetwork.com. Excellent. Um, all right, well, if you're listening to this, the next episode that will be following this episode on the feed will be uh, the 2022 Chris Locker Christmas special. Uh, so on that episode, we got Kevin, we got Ragnar, we got Lillian, and we got myself, and we're talking about questions of Christmas. Um, and then, hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, if all the stars align and planets are in proper alignment, uh, we're going to do an episode of Truck 1701 before the end of the year. Um, but everything has to be in perfect alignment for that to work out. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that'll happen. If not, um, we will be doing new content early in uh, 2023. We'll be doing uh, our 2023 resolutions and uh, and so on. 
So, yeah. Well, on behalf of myself, Chris Lockhart, and my co-host tonight, Mr. Kevin Decent, I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to Geek Fallout Reloaded. Uh, This was our last episode of Geek Fallout Reloaded for 2022, and we will see you again in 2023. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. While the merry bells keep ringing, happy holiday to you. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. It's the holiday season, and Santa Claus is coming round. The Christmas snow is white on the ground. When old Santa gets into town, he'll be coming down the chimney down. He'll be coming down the chimney down. It's the holiday season, and Santa Claus has got a toy for every good girl and good little boy. Santa's a great big bundle of joy when he's coming down the chimney down. He'll have a big fat pack upon his back And lots of goodies for you and for me So leave a peppermint stick for old Saint Nick Hanging on the Christmas tree It's the holiday season The holiday season So a dee doo and dickery-dock Don't forget to hang up your sock Cause just exactly at 12 o'clock He'll be coming down the chimney down A big fat pack upon his back And lots of goodies for you and for me So leave a peppermint stick for old Saint Nick Hanging on a Christmas tree It's the holiday season So a hoop-dee-doo and dickery-dock Don't forget to hang up your sock Cause just exactly at 12 o'clock He'll be coming down the chimney Coming down the chimney Happy holiday to you.